Okay. <coughs> Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another episode of the Humble and Hungry podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. I am your host, and we are joined by a fantastic guest, a uh, friend of mine. His resume is extremely long. He is the CEO of Downtown Rams. He also recently became a New York Jets contact content creator. Uh, he does some draft stuff. He does some Marvel stuff. He, do, he He's just everywhere on YouTube. Jake Ellen Bogan is with me today. Jake, how are you doing? Well, I am great, my friend, Charlie. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm doing good. You know, uh, trying to build the brand over here. So we're, we're working slow, but we're, we're, we're going. Hey, <laughs> you're grinding. I love to see it, man. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and with some of your help, obviously, I got your uh, your creator course, and uh, you know, we we talk from time to time. You're very generous with your time when it when it comes to uh, questions about YouTube and stuff like that. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Always uh, DMs are always open for anyone that's trying to you know learn a little bit about YouTube and you know how they can further grow their you know their channel because it's it's not easy. You know, I no, kind of like don't stop you know, really, even, even if I continue to grow, I'm going to continue to try to learn. So you can always learn something every day. And, you know, I'm always just trying to, you know, find out different ways. Maybe if I've been doing something this way, maybe I can switch it tomorrow and, you know, just kind of experiment. Yeah. And I think that's important because the, you know, these algorithms are always changing, right? You oh know, my like, God. Yes, they are. <laughs> it, know, it's gotten it's... to the point where I'm just like, I just tell people, you know, it's like, Hey man, like, you know, what do you think about Instagram reels? Burn it. Don't do it. Just just stop. Just Instagram changes their algorithm probably once a week. It feels like I wouldn't even touch Instagram. I'd be only looking at like, you know, YouTube, Twitter for, you know, the brand kind of foundation, uh, having right. that engagement. And then, um, you know, I'd say TikTok. Yeah, I think TikTok's just like going crazy right now. So, oh, they're just pushing everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, today. Before we get into obviously the the big game coming up, Bills Rams, uh, one of the best games of the year, I, I would assume coming out of the gate. Before we get into that, gotta talk about the Jets. As I mentioned, you you recently uh, took on the Jets as as another content uh, creation for you, trying to to learn more about the Jets. So, you know, why don't we start with Joe Douglas? You know, people he's been getting a lot of praise around the league and i think rightfully so to a point what's your overall view of of the jets and and what he's done in terms of draft picks and, and things like that i absolutely love what joe douglas did this past year um you know i thought this offseason was really transformative for zach wilson to go out and, and really you know first off yes the whole mckay beckton thing really sucked but just to have the wherewithal, like, hey, Mekhi Becton's down. We're not done for the season. Let's go out and, you know, kick tires on Dwayne Brown and see what's up. And they grabbed him. They moved Fant to right tackle. They have, in my opinion, a top 10 offensive line in football on paper. I mean, when you look at those two on the outside, Fant only gave up one sack all of last year. And then you have Elijah Vera Tucker, who is a former first-round pick for a reason. Um, you know, I think he's still has a ton of growth to, you know, do. And and I'm a big fan of his game as well as McGovern, who I think is a top 10 center. And then they bring in Lakin Tomlinson, formerly from the 49ers, and he did have a Pro Bowl season with them, but notably when they had Mike LaFleur 
in-house. Now, Mike LaFleur is the offensive coordinator for the Jets, and I do think being reunited with LaFleur, having the guys around him, we could see another Pro Bowl season out of Lake and Tomlinson. You go out, you get Brees Hall in the second round. You get Garrett Wilson the first. You get Jermaine Johnson the first. Dan Sauce Gardner, who I believe is the best cornerback from this draft. I think there's definitely an argument to be had for Garrett Wilson, but I would lean more towards Jamison Williams when it's all said and done. But regardless, I think there's a lot of upgrades here. They signed CJ Uzama, who just played in the Super Bowl. They signed Tyler Conklin, who was going to take a little bit of a backseat because Irv Smith is coming back from the injury for the Minnesota Vikings. But I think Conklin's really good, a combination of a really good blocker, but it can also help you with the seam buster. He can line up out wide. He can line up in, you know, in line. I think he's going to be a huge weapon for Zach Wilson. So I really ultimately liked what they ended up doing. Um, Michael Carter, you know, had a great year last year. Actually, both of them did. Uh, Michael Carter, the second was really good on, you know, the defensive side. But Michael Carter, the running back, had a really good year last year. And I think now, you know, he's in tandem with Brees Hall. I think that's exciting. You know, I already mentioned the two tight ends. I didn't mention the rookie who was a good long-term fit, uh, at least in my opinion, with Jeremy Ruckert. So I think they just did a really nice job. They added, you know, Michael Clemens, who we saw plenty of in, you know, preseason. Guy was having a highlight every time he stepped on the field. Uh, he's an absolute monster. And, uh, you know, I just really like what they they did. They they went out and they got Jordan Whitehead and, and DJ Reed. This team is just, like, I said it, you know, multiple times on Twitter, so I'm sure you saw, but I really think this team can win nine games. I know it sounds crazy because, you know, the Jets don't win much. I mean, that's just, let's be honest here. They just have really struggled. But, um, you know, I think a lot of that was, you know, because of, you know, the previous coach. And now I think Robert Sala, he's a leader. He's somebody that understands defense. So when you have that front that they have, having guys like John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, you know, I think Solomon Thomas is not getting enough talk. Uh, Sheldon Rankins had a good, uh, you know, training camp. They have some depth there. In addition to that, they're finally going to get Carl Lawson back. He was hurt uh, last year. You know, he lost all of last year due to an injury. So they're really excited about that. Whether they have Jermaine Johnson, whether they, you know, want to use Bryce Huff. uh, There are a lot of guys there. Jacob Martin, their linebackers are pretty good. They added Quan Alexander for some extra added depth. So I really like this team all across the board and, you know, Wilson's probably going to miss the first four games, and albeit that's entirely against the AFC North. I don't know, you know, what the Jets did to the NFL uh, people to, to do that. But my God, talk about the gauntlet. I do think the Jets will win the game against the Browns. Uh, they'll probably end up with like, you know, one and three record out of those four games. And then I expect Wilson to be back. Um, I'm not super concerned with Joe Flacco because I think Flacco has a good enough rapport with the receivers in camp and just a good enough running back room and offensive line where they can kind of play, you know, kind of that, I don't want to say it, but the Fisher ball type of mentality, you know, Jeff Fisher offense really being conservative, just right. trying to hang around and maybe you, you, you generate some turnovers on the defensive side of the ball and you steal a game here and there. I think they can play that way with Flacco. But I will point out, he had a really good game last year against Miami. He's had nine touchdowns and three interceptions since coming to the Jets. So I do have to give him some credit. Uh, But I do think when Wilson takes over, he's going to be ready. Um, I'm not looking at preseason at all and what he did, um, except for the fact that I was pissed off they even played him to begin with. But 
I think Zach Wilson's going to be in for a really good year. And uh, we might see it week five. You know, maybe it's a little bit later. But I think he's going to lead this team to, you know, a, uh, a plus 500 record. That may not be the playoffs. And in my case, I believe they're the 10th team in the AFC. Um, I think it's going to be a really hard battle to get into the playoffs this year. But uh, I think any Jets fan would take nine and eight as a kind of, you know, building block, you know, into the future. Yeah, definitely. And, and for me, I, I just was struggling. Like, where do I put them? Right. Because they have surrounded Zach Wilson with a lot. But a lot of those are younger players, uh, you know, and so there is obviously some sort of growth involved, like like young players growing together, you know, like all trying to read leverage. Right. Like the wide receivers trying to read the right leverage. Zach Wilson's trying to read the right leverage. So not sure. You know, I agree. Vera Tucker. Love the guy. It still ir- irks me that they traded up for a guard. <laughs> but that's just a personal thing. I'm like, whatever. Come on, man. Uh you know, and I, I'm not. I'm going to tell you, I am not high, high on the Patriots. I mean, no, I I'm not either. And I was team. last year. That's the yeah. weird thing. So it's like, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Jets certainly finish finish with a better record than the Patriots. And I'm not higher. I'm not high on Miami at all. Like, I, it's <sighs> the Bills and the only team I have winning that. Like they they win the yeah. division easily, uh, and then I have the Jets in second at nine and eight. Really? Wow, that's that's kind of different. I um. You know, then I, I will say I like most of Miami's roster, but you just don't know about Tua. I feel like that's kind of like, and their offensive line is, yeah, yeah, you, know you mean right? Could, like you could say it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know they're like it's okay. not very good. <laughs> no, no, like defensively, I think there's a lot, a lot going on there. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just there's so many places where I feel like, and the Jets are another one. Like it, it really depends on Zach Wilson. You know, like like in his growth, they they can do whatever they want with the roster, but if, if he doesn't work out, it kind of I don't want to say it doesn't matter because they'll someone will get another guy and and bring him into that team. But you know, that's the really key for whoever is you know getting to that level is is getting these quarterbacks to really you know get to that next level to mature. So yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird division to me this year. Uh, aside from the Bills, it's it's hard to to know, and I guess. You know, New England, I think they're just terrible. <laughs> I see. I have the uh, the Dolphins at five and twelve, and I have the Patriots at eight and nine. I think they have the the coaching there with Belichick, and I do actually. I think Mac Jones is really good. I I, I mean, I'm kind of surprised saying that, but I really he's got one of the. I don't think he has the lowest, but he's got one of the lowest. Uh, three and out rates in the entire league among all quarterbacks. You know, that's something that stands out to me. Um, Another thing that stands out to me is the Patriots being in the top five in explosive passing plays. The the year Brady's gone, you know? So that's the thing is that like, you know, you have Mac Jones step in there and he has the season he has. I mean, it wasn't a perfect season, but, I mean, you saw the Bills game. That was not on Mac Jones. They had him throwing bombs down the field. And, I mean, he – I'm not saying they would have won the game because obviously not. But right. the game could have been a lot different if they didn't, like, you know, they actually backed him <laughs> instead of just, like, throwing him into the fire the way they did. Yeah, uh, and it was my problem with the Patriots isn't Mac Jones. It's just kind of everything else. Uh, you know, I feel like I feel like that roster is just – you know, I think they 
I don't know. They've done a lot of things where I think if Brady's still there, people are like, oh, Belichick is a genius. Yeah. But now that Brady's gone, it just looks kind of foolish. You know, and, and I think that's you know, the difference. It's weird because Belichick has always been kind of a, a an odd, you know, drafter. Um, you know, going out yes, and getting Bailey Zappi was just bizarre. I mean, I right. thought that was incredible. I mean, you're the analytics guy and you do you do all the draft stuff. You can at least like agree with me on the fact that like look, Bailey Zappi, whether he ends up being the best backup quarterback of all time or not, like it wasn't good value at all. No. I I can tell you that when Brady left. So if you're taking what 2000 to 2018. Now this is with Brady, who's easily like the biggest outlier ever. I mean his 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 draft value score is through the roof. He he pulled up so many of his teammates. You got like like just random offensive linemen, you know, for the Patriots scoring high as as high as like Anthony Munoz for me. Like it's it's he skewed everything, except oh, yeah. Bill Belichick's hit rate <laughs> his hit rate was like 42 percent over the course of that span and that's with brady and obviously now that 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 brady's left obviously you know your hit rate's gonna go down because your team's gotten worse so he's definitely like a bottom 10 drafting gm for me like it's not even if it's even close and it's not even necessarily about like the vet like the value of where they get drafted is bizarre, but but then he no matter who he drafts, he doesn't really develop anybody. It, it's yeah, I, it's probably on one hand thing. I can count the guys that like were ever developed. It's just weird. And I mean, it, it kind of sucks for those guys because you think about maybe a Devin Lucian has a completely different career arc if he goes sure. to a different team and actually gets like developed. You know, uh, Josh Boyce. You know, Malcolm Mitchell. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it was more injuries with him, but. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I'm a little concerned, you know, as an owner in, uh, you know, IDP uh, Dynasty, I'm a little concerned for Josh Shea's development because this is somebody I drafted thinking guy's going to have 15 sacks and he's going to be an absolute monster. And I haven't I haven't really seen it. And then, you know, you look at Kyle Duggar. He's another one. You know, I mean, these are guys I loved in the draft. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's fair. But then what's weird is that he'll always kind of, and this is this is so Belichickian of him, is that <laughs> he will he will grab a JC Jackson disgruntled UDFA and turn him into like a star. And it's like, you know, Malcolm Butler. You know, he's the hero of the Super Bowl. Dude was a UDFA. You know, right. it seems like it's not a shtick. Whereas I feel like with Kyle Shanahan, it's entirely a shtick with those running backs. No one could tell me otherwise. That is his thing. Like I I guarantee you, even if Sermon was the best back he would be playing Elijah Mitchell over him just because that's like his thing. He loves UDFA running backs. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, but like, but, you know, Belichick. Yeah, Belichick, I mean, fantastic at like getting other guys who have been in the league from teams oh, and yeah. using them. There's no doubt. It's just that I don't know if he just didn't care or if he just really. And it, it's funny because like, you know, this goes back to when Pioli was there and Dimitrov. It's not just like. You know, before oh, yeah. they kind of left him to his own devices, like even back then, it, it you know, it's like Richard Seymour and like, you know, Brady obviously was basically just luck and then nobody. And it's it almost almost nobody, you know, and it's just it's weird, uh, you know, like th that oh, yeah. th it's such two extremes, I think.
Well, and then, you know, it, it's funny kind of going back to, you know, the Jets. The Jets just have seven players claimed off of waivers most in the NFL. So, yeah, that's crazy. you know, that kind of tells me one of two things. Actually, both of them, I'll say. The Jets have a better roster than people give it credit for. Um, I thought that was that was proof of that. And number two, I think they just they really have been developing talent. Bryce Huff is a good example of a rotational pass rusher who is never going to lead the league in sacks, but he comes in and he is he's very good at getting pressure on the quarterback. They got him as UDFA. John Franklin Myers, I don't even really want to talk about because the Rams never should have cut him <laughs> to begin with. That was like asinine. The dude strip sack Tom Brady in the Super Bowl was named rookie of the year on the team. And then the next year, he's not even on the roster. I, I can't even beyond words, but he's another guy. You know, they get off of waivers and, you know, they, they keep developing him. And now look at him. I mean, he's he might be the best player on their team, if I'm being right. honest, you know, and. You know, so I think it's it's been, you know, kind of a testament to what they've been able to do developing those guys. I mean, you know, even look at the back end and the secondary. All right. You talk about first off, I mean, Panak, you know, I thought Panak was going to start. He ends up getting claimed by the Giants. I didn't even think he was going to miss right. the roster the, you know, there's a guy, Tony Adams, the UDFA out of Illinois. He makes the roster. You look at, you know, Brandon Eccles. He makes the roster again after a really good year last year in relief him. Uh, you know, Michael Carter, the second, you know, Javelin Gidry gets claimed off of waivers. He's another guy they developed, you know, they just continue. Delshawn Phillips gets picked up by the very much, uh, very well taken care of linebacker room of the Ravens. <laughs> so that tells you something like the Ravens right. wanted him, even though they have a very good linebacker room as it stands now. So there was just all sorts of claims, uh, again, seven of them. I think all seven, the jets wanted back. Uh, um, yeah. You know, uh, maybe well, no, because P. Ron I don't think got claimed. So, so yeah, I, I think all seven they won back. P. Ron I think is the only guy that they were kind of cool. Like you know, he'll move on. Right, but right. um, yeah, it, kind of bizarre, but at the same time, really showing you that Joe Douglas put together a damn good roster. They're developing players, and you know, it's probably why they didn't uh, they didn't cut Denzel Mims because man, you know, see if you can build up his uh, draft or build up his trade stock a little bit right. or, you know, see what you have in him, continue to give him a shot. But, uh, you know, I really like the way they look and I didn't even mention this guy, Charlie, but keep an eye on Lawrence Cager. I don't really know what their plan is for him, but they moved him to tight end, uh, the former wide receiver from Georgia. And he's very intriguing to me because he, moves so effortlessly because he was a wide receiver. He's just a more, you know, bulky guy. Right. Um he's somebody like they kept him over Trayvon Wesco, who I felt like was a really good blocker. Um so I, I was surprised they actually did that, but you know, keep a lookout for him. He might be a, a red zone threat. The the Jets have a lot of these guys, man, like Marcel Harris, former safety, moved to linebacker. They just they have a lot of these guys where you're like, oh, this this could be a good player. You know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, and they certainly have the benefit of, you know, not needing needing to progress, but not needing to, you know, necessarily compete this year or even next year. I don't think it's yeah, it's, uh, it's necessary. You know, I, I always I I, I want to give young guys at least three years, um, quarterbacks. I mean, and then you know, I think anything shorter than that is, it's a bit. I mean, unless the guys just tear. I mean, like right yeah. away, like but. You know, the, I think these other guys, you just got to be patient. 
and just build around them what you can. And, and then, you know, I mean, it, you know, the bills talk about, you know, they, they don't say exactly what it meant, but Brandon Bean talks a lot about, well, when I got hired, I told the Pagulas it was a five-year plan. Well, uh, this is five years, you know I mean? Like, so obviously yeah. that was more or less the plan was to be like, Hey, we're going to be a playoff, whatever he said to him, you know, whatever, but it, it, it takes that long. You've got to, you know, get rid of dead cap or, or whatever the case may be, you know, build up your depth and stuff like that. So there's, there's no rush. And, and as long as they're heading in the right direction, um, you know, for them, I, I think that that's fine. And there's not one style of how like you win, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that well, gets kind of lost on people because, you know, you know, the, the Rams have them picks, you know, mindset, but also <laughs> on top of that, the thing I find funny is that Les Snead champions it because it's literally not true at all. And you know this. Yeah. Because without th- guys like Jordan right. Fuller in the sixth round, without guys like Nick Scott in the seventh round, they can't do anything like they're doing right now. They can't afford to trade for Matthew Stafford, to trade for Jalen Ramsey, you know. But then you have teams like, you know, right. the Bengals who create a good core group of young players, Chase, Burrow, Mixon, you know, Jesse Bates, all those guys, right? And then now they feel like, okay, we can actually spend money. And they go out and they spend over $200 million on basically a new defense. And it gets them the Super Bowl, you know. So there are different ways to build your team. You could also go the, the long-term route. Um, sure. The most homegrown team in the NFL right now is actually the Dallas Cowboys. 81% of their team is yeah. homegrown. I was pretty <laughs> surprised to hear that. Yeah, that that's that's pretty that's pretty funny. Um, I do want to um, go a little bit more into the team building thing you were talking about. But before we do that, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your stuff and and all the different stuff stuff you're doing if they want to follow you on Twitter or check out your Rams podcast or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you guys want to check out my stuff, you can just head on over. You know, if you have Twitter at JK Bogan. Um, if you know what Linktree is, you can even put. Like, you know, the link tree, I think it's lin.tree or so. I, I don't even know how they yeah, do it, but weird. yeah, it's really bizarre. I don't know why the period's there, but it's link tree uh, slash JK Bogan. And all my links are there. YouTube, you just put in Jake Allen Bogan, or you can just Google me and I'll show up. <laughs> Here I am. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you know what? It's interesting to me because I was thinking about this afternoon about how the Rams built their team. And, and I haven't gone, I haven't compiled the data yet. I have it. I just haven't compiled it, but for, for 2018, 2019 and 2020, first of all, you know, everyone always says, Oh, well, they don't have any picks. Well, well they had 24 picks that I could measure. So, so f- for me to measure the player, they have to have at least played two years in the league um, you know, the guys like for like just for the Bills, like Isaiah Hodgins never really played. So obviously, like a guy like that, I couldn't measure. But twenty-four picks. Um, hit rate is, you know, it's it's okay. But like I said, these are the 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 youngest guys. I think they're at thirty-seven point five percent, which is actually tied for Atlanta um, at at seventeenth overall. But if you go back to twenty seventeen and twenty sixteen, that hit rate is going to go up. And you're right; they always have like eight or nine picks every year. People. It's just not the first round pick. So, yeah. And it's interesting because they kind of built the team from scratch, like going back farther, right? Like, like they got golf. 
you know, they kind of built it the organic way, realized like, hey, maybe he's not that not that good or whatever the case was with that. And then they say, you know what? We're going to add like all these different guys in support of him as well. I'm not saying it wasn't in support of him, but we're just going to do it. We're just going to get proven veterans. So it's like they built it up to a point and then said, well, you know what? We don't want to wait for all the draft picks to hit. We'll just trade for a bunch of guys. So how does that, how is it different for you? Because now you're looking at a team, you just started covering the Jets, and they're definitely going the organic route. Like, no doubt about it. So that's got to be, like, I know you're a draft guy, so that's probably interesting for you. But it's also kind of weird for you because of how you're, you know, your you're number one team and has decided to build their roster through a lot of trades. Yeah, I think my only regret is not to, you know, not starting to cover the Jets before the draft, right? That would have been so exciting, the idea yeah. of having two picks, and then they traded up to get another one. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I would have been like a kid in a candy store. I kind of was because I really liked what the Jets did, and I've always liked them, right? Like, I was never a fan, so to speak, because I, I don't have, like, second favorite teams when it comes to the NFL. Other teams I do, right? Like, the NHL, I have three teams I root for. But with the NFL, there's one team. There was a, a second team at one point, the Philadelphia Eagles, because I really liked McNabb. Um, you know, I really like Brian Westbrook, all those guys. But it was really just the Rams. And then the Kurt Warner, you know, run with the Cardinals, I felt the need to root for Warner and the Cardinals. But really, for the most part, I am just a Rams fan. I, I liked the Jets, but that doesn't necessarily make me a fan. So, right. you know, I when they got my favorite cornerback and maybe my favorite prospect from this past draft and Sauce Gardner, I was pretty stoked. Um, you know, I, I really felt like he and Calevon Chason, like, or not Caleb. I I just totally <laughs> said Calevon Chason when I was talking about Kayvon Thibodeau. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's, they're they're close, sort of. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like Caleb on Chase on too, but uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and you know the, the idea of getting both of them just to me would have been amazing. But then I heard that they were like interested in Debo because I know they were interested in Tyreek. Um, I don't know if the Jets would have made that deal by the way, but Tyreek made uh, if if it was up to Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. He made the poor career decision choosing the Dolphins over the Jets. I'm going to say that right now because yeah. Zach Wilson would have gotten him the ball and <laughs> they, they might still get him the ball in Miami, mm -hmm. but it's going to be like what you saw, like the 66 yard. And it's going to look great if you're a game cast fan where you don't actually watch the games. And you're like, Oh, see, you know, two went through at 66 yards. And then you actually watch the game. And you're like, uh, well <laughs> about that. So he threw about 50 yards and it was a wobbler and Tyreek Hill ran about 70 and had to run 20 <laughs> yards backwards to catch it. And then he broke a tackle and ran 10 more yards. Yeah, have to, you, you know, I, I, I admit that maybe I'm a little, I'm going to ask this question, even though I know that, that you can drag Bill's mafia for this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Besides Bill's mafia with Josh Allen, have you seen like, a fan base that's more like, I I guess they really are excited like about Tua. They're like, "Yo, bro, look at that throw, man!" Oh, like God. I'm like, his throw is terrible. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not good. And they're just like, like determined to like convince people that like that throw was amazing and this throw was amazing. And I'm like, well, I don't see it. 
So I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, you know that that uh, that you know political troll Nick Adams, right? Oh, geez, that guy. Man. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he said because like Tua's like you know whatever, and uh, he said like Tua can throw the ball like seventy yards. Like that's how you know he's just a troll. Like I don't even think he's a real right. person, but um. <laughs> I, I don't. I think he's entirely AI made. But, uh, you know, here here's what I would say. OK, when it comes to, to Tua and, and I haven't really seen too many Dolphins fans go crazy for Tua, but I want to put my experience out there because I actually like Alabama and I liked Tua and I feel bad dogging on him. But here are the facts. OK, he suffered a very serious leg injury. I don't think he's ever recovered from. He is not the same quarterback that he was at Alabama. He's not. I mean, he could throw a lot further and he threw with a lot more pop and zip than he does now. Um, So I liked him at Alabama, but picking him over Herbert is one of the worst mistakes. I think a team has done, uh, Absolutely. you know, all time. Maybe. I mean, I'm not saying Herbert will win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying Herbert is the goat or anything like that. I'm not saying, but right now, if you look at all of his stats and everything, he's on a ridiculous pace. And oh, yeah. I mean, just think about that. The Chargers, they have a good roster, but would you rather be throwing a Tyree kill and, you know, uh, what's his face? Jalen Waddle right now. Or would you rather throw to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen? I think right. I might take Keenan Allen over both of them, but I would take those two in tandem over Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Cause Williams can't stay healthy. I mean, let's be honest here. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I think when I could not believe they passed on Herbert, but then the whole two, a thing, like he had the four touchdown game and that's like, literally, if you see anybody like arguing for him, they bring up the four touchdown game. Like, okay. Trubisky had six touchdowns and you're the same person that wants to tell me he is trash with a capital T. So right. like, make up your mind here. You know what I mean? Like, it, well, you can't just look at one game looks at one game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's so I I don't hate Tua. I have no issue with Tua. Right. Um, I just don't think that he is the, the right option that is conducive to winning football. I just don't. I think he, he has an arm, uh, you know, problem there where he can't cause he can throw it a lot further in college. I mean, he, he clearly, right. he's banged up, like, to the point where it's not going to get fixed. Like, he is, he's had some of that sapped away from him, I think. Um, But I, I just think at this point, you know, Tua is going to have to be, like, a game manager that can make maybe the deeper intermediate throws. Right. But he's not a deep ball passer, like people are pointing out. So the hope is for him that, you know, he continues to grow. He gets better at reading defenses and, you know, can stay healthy because if he can, he'll be like, you know, Ryan Tannehill. But here's the thing. The Dolphins already had Ryan Tannehill and there are Dolphins fans that do somewhat believe that too is like special in some way. And, you know, that's the draft you passed on Justin Herbert in who we knew was special the moment we saw his first game in the NFL. I mean, Yeah, so, you know, and, and to me, Tua, and I, I've said if there is a path for him, to me, it's it's, you know, being elite mentally 
and being elite accuracy wise, like like Breeze and Manning, and, and you know, and and I'm not trying to say that those guys couldn't throw, you know, the ball downfield, but they they beat you so much with understanding what the defense is going to do, you know, like like that whole thing, and I think that that's his path, but you have to like be that on every play. If oh yeah, you don't have those physical gifts, and that I mean, I got to imagine that's that's very difficult to maintain uh, that that level of of mental and 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 you know mechanical too, just to make sure the accuracy and things like that are, are on point all the time. Well, and we we know. I mean, it, it's either going to work out or or it's not. But we have an idea that he's not going to be right. You know, special. And when you draft the guy third overall. And you pass on somebody who most people thought was special before he came to the NFL. Not a good look, you know. No. I just, I think, we'll we'll see. It, it could be very similar to like a Sean McVay instance where McDaniel <laughs> sticks with him for a while, and is like, "Man, I'm trying to move mountains with this guy. I I, yeah. I can't, I can't get to the promised land. So I don't think this is going to cut it." The Dolphins could be good, but I have them at five and twelve. I just feel like they have they have a schedule where there are a lot of games that could go either way, and I tend to go the other way from the Dolphins uh, because when push comes to shove in those close games, I'm not picking Tua to win those games. I'm picking oh, Derek yeah. Carr. I'm picking right. You know Russell Wilson. I'm picking Josh Allen. I'm I'm you know I'm picking Mac Jones. I mean that's the thing, and right. so. You know, I think they're going to be in a lot of really close games, and I just think Tua's going to have to show you that he can finish those games. And until he does, I am—I mean, I'm sorry, people forget. Like the reason the Dolphins even had a shot at the end of last year, it's not because of Tua. No, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I mean, I think the interesting thing here—they won't do it because we already know, like they already made it clear. You know, Flores didn't want to play Tua; they wanted to play Tua. All of that. Because yeah. Flores wanted to, you know, win a Super Bowl. Um, he actually cared about that. But, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick gave you the best chance. Now, was it the biggest chance of, of any team in the league? Right. No, but he gave you the best chance of the roster. They actually have a guy who's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick was last year on the roster, and that is Teddy Bridgewater. And I will right. even say this. Okay. There's a guy who honestly – I very rarely get blown away by any preseason. Um, there were two guys that absolutely blew me away this year. One guy on the Rams, because the rich get richer, of course. Lance McCutcheon uh, was phenomenal. The other guy was Skylar Thompson. I watched Skylar Thompson, okay? Being a Kansas Jayhawk football fan, like they're my number one team. I watched Skylar Thompson just destroy Kansas. But he never looked to me like anything more than just a college quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. and then I watched him in preseason. I understand it's against second, third stringers, whatever. He looked good. Like he was making like reads and he was making ant- anticipatory throws that like I'm not seeing to a man, <laughs> you know. And so now all of a sudden I start to wonder. I'm like, Skylar Thompson, he's got the athleticism, he's got the arm, he's got the, you know, the accuracy, he can throw with anticipation, he's got the the pocket presence and I'm sitting there. Chris Trevler was also another mention. I got to give him credit, but Skylar Thompson here had what five touchdowns, zero interceptions in the preseason. I don't know if you watched his games at all, but he was, 
he was incredible. He really was. Um, yeah. He doesn't get enough, you know, talk. I know Dolphins fans had to take it way too far and be like, we need to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater and keep. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Because Bridgewater is your best quarterback on the roster. <laughs> so I, I'm not getting rid of right. him. But, uh, but Skylar Thompson, you know, if push came to shove, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, you give him a couple of years and he starts looking like maybe a Dak Prescott, a guy that they get in, what, the sixth round? I yeah, mean, Dak right. was a fourth rounder. They gave him the sixth right. round and they're not thinking much of him initially. And then they keep developing him and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. right. There we go. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not saying Skylar Thompson's the, the face of the NFL, but, you know, he's got everything you want in, a, you know, today's standards, like a modern day quarterback. I mean, you know, if you can yeah. throw with anticipation, if you can make your reads, if you have velocity, if you have an arm, you know, if you have the confidence in the pocket, you have the wherewithal to step up in the pocket, you can make plays with your legs. I mean, you know, I know we're just describing Josh Allen here and he's not quite built like Josh Allen, but I was going to say, you know, speaking of the face of the league, <laughs> best quarterback in football, but, uh, but, but no, I mean, I, I think, you know, Skylar Thompson made this 53 man roster. He's not on the practice squad. So yes, I can talk about him. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens with Tua. I know he's a first round pick, but uh, this regime, remember this regime didn't draft him. This regime right. drafted Skylar Thompson. And uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he's a guy. If at the end of the year, he's starting, I would be a little surprised, but it wouldn't shock me. So, Bills Rams. Yes. There's a lot, a lot of stuff I want to get to, including the the face of. I never thought I'd hear you say that. First of all, I listened to your podcast a couple weeks ago, and I heard your that was the uh, the the Rams uniforms podcast, and I did hear you say that that that, that Josh Allen is the face of the NFL. I <laughs> I didn't I think I'd ever say it <laughs> because I think when we became friends, I thought Josh Allen was overrated. If I'm oh, I know you you did not like Josh Allen, but like here's the thing, Charlie, and and I hope you you've you've I noticed like since Allen you've gotten either, to know so me, not... you know, uh. You know, the thing with me is that I'm pretty open about my mistakes. I had Josh <laughs> Allen as my seventh overall quarterback coming out of that draft. You know, Lamar Jackson yeah. was number one. I don't think that's wrong. I don't think it's wrong to put Lamar there because if Lamar figures out how to throw on the run, you know, surprisingly, people think he can't throw out of the pocket. He's great out of the pocket. If he can figure out how to throw on the run, he's going to be unstoppable. But right. it's him and it's Josh Allen. And... I had Josh Allen seventh. So while I do deserve praise for the Lamar Jackson at one, <laughs> I don't deserve praise for Josh Allen at seven. So that, you know, yeah. I, I've been hitting on some quarterbacks here. I mean, but, <laughs> but you know, the Allen miss and then, you know, we'll see. I mean, I still think Trey Lance is the best quarterback from last year. And, you know, I've been open to the Jets following that I believe that. But I, I've since become very high on Zach Wilson because I think he showed you some things last year. But, yeah, sticking with the the, the Rams and Bills, um, not getting too carried away there. Uh, yeah, I think the Rams are playing the best quarterback in the National Football League. And I'll be honest with you here, Charlie, and I don't mean to be 
rude about the Bills because I have them going to the Super Bowl against the Rams. I think this is 100% a preview of Super Bowl 57. Um, but after further review, I don't like this Bills team as much as I did. That doesn't mean I don't like it. I don't think they're, they're going to win the AFC. Right. doesn't mean I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs and, and the Super Bowl. But it feels like they are definitely going to miss Tredavious White for however long he's out. And I feel like that starts in this game. They have great safeties. They, you know, they have Poyer. You know, they have Hyde. I really like Hamlin, Johnson. Really like those guys. They got maybe the best quad group of safeties in football. Maybe. Um, but I don't love their corners. Kyer Elam I like. But we need to see it, right? Well, sure, uh, yeah. Rookie corner, I, I think that's the toughest position aside from tight end where you literally have to play wide receiver and learn how to be an offensive lineman at the same time. Right. Uh, I think it's it's the hardest position outside of tight end to play in the league and as a rookie. And, you know, I think that's something. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think there are definitely some guys there. Dean Jackson has had some moments. Uh, I definitely liked him coming out of college. But I don't love him. And... You know, I, I like Teron Johnson as the nickel, but I like Teron Johnson when they're healthy and they have Tredavious White a lot more. Sure. So, you know, that's the first thing. The second thing is I don't love the linebackers. Um, Tremaine Edmonds is nowhere near what I expected him to be. I thought he was going to be an absolute freak show, guaranteed superstar. By this point, he should have been the best linebacker in football. That is like literally the praise that I gave him coming in. I think Matt right. Milano solid, you know, they got Terrell Bernard who I didn't really like in the draft. Uh, you know, Balin Specter. They got some guys that I just, I don't know. Um, I just don't love their linebackers. I really like their front. Gregory Russo has 18 sack potential. I mean, he, he honestly could terrorize the league. Um, you know, there are guys like that, that I really like, and, and I like their overall depth. Uh, the receivers look really good. Their offensive line, there's pieces of it. I really like their pieces that, you know, I think you're going to get better than on paper when it comes to having a guy like Cromer. And you know that, um, sure, yeah. so I'm not telling you anything you don't know there, but really like that. They added, you know, uh, cook. I think James cook gives them that explosion that they have missed. And they do not have in the backfield now that they have it, um, you know, and, and I think that, you know, Gabe Davis is going to take a huge step forward in year two. So I am excited for him. Uh, Khalil Shakir, I like his ability to break tackles and, you know, create yards after the catch does a really nice you know job of putting himself in position to do that. And the guy is just physical. I love guys that act like running backs when they have the ball in their hands. So, you know, I am a fan of his, and I like that they added very underrated signing, by the way, going out and getting Crowder. Um, kind of just does it all, you know. So this is a very good roster. Um, but I just feel like going into this game and not having Tredavious White could be a serious problem. And it's part of the reason why I ended up and it was surprising because I was like, this is gonna come down to a field goal. <laughs> but I ended up giving the Rams a 10 point win 34 24 at home. I think it's going to be, you know, there's going to be points scored. Um, sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I think the, the reason I like this team so much and I didn't realize it, but is really Josh Allen. I mean, I really feel like Josh Allen is at this point in his career 
where if you give him average weapons <clears throat> and you give him enough protection where he can at least run out of the pocket, <laughs> right. uh, you know, and just run for his life, um, you know, and he doesn't get snapped. He doesn't get hit immediately as the ball is snapped. Then, like, honestly, he could probably carry most teams to the playoffs in the league. Yeah, and so yeah. he doesn't have to do that with the Bills. That's not what I'm saying. Right, right. But I, I feel like this is a very good team. But I feel like the best roster in the AFC is actually the Ravens. And I think the thing that puts the Bills over the top, because I have those two playing in the AFC title game. And I think the thing that puts those two, uh, the, the team over the top, over the Ravens, is that uh, Josh Allen is literally like the perfect specimen at quarterback. And he has gotten so much better as a decision maker that he just doesn't kill you anymore. You know? Right. Right. Did you so, see that, that interview that, that he had with Chris Sims? I did not. It's like, I have to check that out a week ago. And it's like, it's 33 minutes long. And the stuff he talks about, like, I've never heard anyone talk about it. I mean, he goes through like his mechanics really in depth and, and how, you know, what they did with, with body mapping with, with Jordan Palmer. And he talks about like, like becoming a rotational thrower and how he sets up the throw and, and what he's thinking, like why he holds the ball like forever, yeah, <laughs> you know? And, and, and it was, and like how the bills and even like into some of the stuff where how the bills run their offense. And it was just really like, really interesting. I, I was like, wow, I've never heard anyone just kind of come out and like, he says that he, he sets up to throw left but leaves it open so he can throw right if necessary. Like in like in his, like how his shoulders are and his feet crazy and yeah. And like all kinds of stuff. And, and I was like, wow, you know, and I've been on this, this Josh Allen train, uh, 6,000 total yards from scrimmage this year. Ridiculous. <laughs> Which is, and, and the reason I say that, well, first of all, I, I agree. I think everyone in, in the bills fan base is a little worried about the corners uh, until Trey white comes back. And I think the only good thing, about that is, and I know Levi Wallace had more experience than, than these two guys, but the scheme did a lot of work. And I think the scheme does a lot of work. And I think what they're really counting on is Von Miller doing a lot of work and Greg Rousseau and Ed Oliver. Like, I really think they're kind of like, okay, like, look guys, <laughs> you know, we need finish. We need you to finish up there. You know, like we really do. And, and I think, you know, Tremaine Edmonds is, maybe the most polarizing person on the bills. Some people absolutely love him. The bills seem to love him. They talk about him as the leader of the defense all the time. Uh, other fans are obviously a bit disappointed. They don't want to give him, you know, the Darius Leonard contract, which is, is understandable. I, the one thing I'll say about Tremaine is his processing isn't exactly where I'd like it to be. That being said, the Bills have not done a fantastic job of protecting him the way the Colts did Darius Leonard. Like getting Daquan Jones, getting Daquan Jones is going to make Ed Oliver better. You know, he I think Edmonds has always had to have like guys to fight off guys quicker than other linebackers in a way. And so, you know, he he hasn't been signed to an extension yet. They're assuming going to wait till the end of the year. I'm assuming he's betting on himself. And this is this is I think the Bills want him back, but this is a great. Just, okay, what more can we do for Tremaine Edmonds? And, and the answer is kind of nothing. So now you've got yeah. to show us, you know, like he's he's above average for sure, but right, he's not in that like super, super elite level, you know? And, and I think the offensive line, 
Yeah, I think this is the best offensive line Josh Allen's had. Now, is it the best? Is it a top 10 offensive line? I don't think so. But it's, I mean, he was playing behind John Feliciano for a lot of the, I mean, there were like Brian Winters. So like, you know, there's been some really bad, and sure, it's like, okay, Josh, just go run away from him if you have to, you know? And I think that's the, that's the benefit like of having him is that he can run away. And he even talked about that with Chris Sims. He's kind of like, yeah, man, like there's times where like, I'm just trying to like wait. He, he basically said like, I'm telling the receiver you get open and I'm going to wait as long as I can for you to get open, whether that's seven, eight, nine seconds. And I'm just going to sit here, you, you know? And, and so I think that, that that's where he's comfortable too. I think is, you know, in, in that area, like to me, you don't want him to move. Like if you make him move, I think that's where he's most comfortable. So like I'm I'm trying to get him to not move. Like if I'm the opposition, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I I agree. And it's funny. Um, I just have to give uh, a little mention here because Darius Leonard no longer exists. It's Shaquille. I, Leonard. I know. Yeah. And it yeah, is. Yeah. It is the. the Rod Taylor's mind- gonna call me too and tell me that I. It's it's the most mind blowing thing for me because I I like every time like I don't know why this guy continues to be in the news like it's just like every little thing I get like a push notification on my phone I'm like who the hell is Shaquille Leonard who yeah, is I this I was like, guy wait a minute. like they mean Shaquille Shaquille O'Neal as I first thought I'm like, wait it's what like, it's like oh yeah Shaq Leonard I'm like who the hell is that Indianapolis Colts oh that's right he changed his name right. another guy changes that Deontay Hardy. Deontay Harris was the uh, yeah no the I and I'm like wait who's that Saints wide receiver like wh- yeah. I, I'm like trying to find so him. bizarre like, <laughs> oh man so let me ask, ask you a question because this is something that our uh, mutual friend Joe Marino has brought up a few times on Locked On Bills and the the Bills obviously are going through changes some changes right with with Dable leaving and and Ken Dorsey taking over and you mentioned Aaron Cromer which I think is a huge up, upgrade from Bobby Johnson yeah. uh and and you know I think like Bills and Rams probably two of the best four teams in the league um so if if the Bills lose I'm not mad you know like cuz it's the Rams it's it's not like it, it's they're going to lose 9-6 in overtime to Jacksonville or anything like that um so you know, one of Joe's things is, well, the Rams have a lot of changes too. You know, like there's certain things. So maybe this is a, this is a time where you're going to catch the Rams still sort of, you know, assimilating the new, the new pieces and all that stuff in. But then uh, obviously I think you can turn around and say, okay, well you can say the same thing about the bills, right? Like Ken Dorsey's never called plays this, that, the other. So, so what stock do you, do you put into, and weird things happen in week one anyway, but what stock do you put into sort of, you know, like assimilating all these changes for both teams. So I think there's definitely some stock to be put in like the Rams, you know, they're going to have, I mean, there, there's a chance they might not have Van Jefferson. Uh, there's a chance um, if they don't, then it would be two, two Atwell and Ben Skoranek kind of, you know, splitting time. Maybe we'd even see Lance McCutcheon active. That would be cool. Um, the Rams only have two tight ends. So, you know, that's another thing. If, Tyler Higby, who did get hurt last year. If he were to get hurt again, then it, they're just down to Bryson Hopkins. They've chosen this. This is on them. Uh, now, there's a chance that, and, and I don't know for sure, but there's a chance that they could use Skoranek, you know, as a, a tight end. Um, you know, he's more of the bulky wide receiver. 
But, you know, I do think that until we see this offense, like anything can happen. I mean, until we see this defense, anything can happen. They added Bobby Wagner. Okay. The thing that I do find funny, and I don't mean to knock on my friend, uh, friend of the podcast, um, Troy Reader. You know, he's now with the Chargers. But Troy Reader, okay, was the starting linebacker last year for the Rams. And I see a lot of people say, like, Bobby Wagner kind of looked the tick off last year. He's slow. He's He lumbers. And I'm like, so you're you're telling me off of one year, in which, by the way, he had, like, a career high in tackles. I'm not saying tackles is the end-all, be-all. But it is a good sign that, like, you didn't completely fall off, uh, at least athletically, because you have right. to actually run and be able to make tackles. Um, so, yeah, so – so Bobby Wagner is the starter and I keep hearing like knocks about his athleticism. And I'm like, again, with all due respect to Troy reader, <laughs> Troy reader, like ran like a four, eight, four, <laughs> nine, maybe like it, it, yeah. he's not mm. ultra fast. He's not an ultra athletic guy. He was playing next to Ernest Jones. You know, there were moments, you know, last year they rotated like Kenny Young started the season and they traded him, um, you know, and then they had like, you know, Trayvon Howard in there. But, like, Bobby Wagner is an astronomical upgrade. And did we ever think for a sec that maybe, just maybe, the people around him in Seattle just, you know, didn't really put him in a good spot. <laughs> now he's he's playing behind Aaron Donald. You talk right. about, yeah. you know, the upgrade, like, you know, Daquan Jones. Now you you have Aaron Donald. Now you have Greg Gaines, who's coming off his monster, you know, season last year, finally getting an opportunity uh, a Sean Robinson. It's one of the best defensive fronts in football. Um, so yeah, I think Wagner's going to be fine. But I mean, you know, like you said, there is always that like, hey, like this is your first regular season game. You didn't play at all in preseason. You know, Josh Allen, if I'm not mistaken, even played in preseason. So I mean, yeah, I mean, six I, plays. <laughs> hey, six plays is more than every single Rams right, defensive right. and offensive starter that I can think of. Uh, so, you know, uh, there's something there. You could also say there's something, you know, Jalen Ramsey's coming off his, uh, you know, I, I mean, he, he's, he's been back, right. But he did get right. surgery, uh, in the off season, Jordan Fuller's coming off his rehab of his broken ankle, you know? So there are, there are injuries that guys are coming back from, um, you know, I, I do think that that's a big thing. I think if there's anything that holds weight it's the offensive line because it's not just Whitworth's gone but it's the fact that you know no boom needs to stay healthy he has shown some great things and that is why the Rams felt the need to bring him back as left tackle they draft him in the third round at TCU for a reason but he has not stayed healthy and while another guy who came in last year when he got hurt in addition to Whitworth Alaric Jackson, he played well. Like, as great as that sounds, that you have a guy that can come in and play well, you got to keep all five guys healthy. And, and you have to right. develop, and you have to have that continuity, and you have to gel. And I think it is incredibly important, this game, the game against the Falcons, you know, moving forward for the Rams, they need to gel as an offensive line. No boom has to play with, uh, you know, Edwards, I had totally lost my train of thought there. <laughs> no boom has to play with Edwards. Edwards has to play with Allen. Allen has to play with Shelton. And then Shelton has to play next to Havenstein, who was named captain. 
those guys all need to play as a collective unit. That is the one thing. If you could think of anything, Corbett's gone and Whitworth's gone. Okay. The offensive line, if they don't keep Stafford upright and the Rams can't run and it looks like they were trying to run against the Bengals, then they're going to have a hard time scoring points. But if the offensive line is just at least average, this offense is going to shred. And I think they're above average. I think these are two of the best offenses in football. And I think there's a chance these are two of the best defenses in football. I think the Bills, their final product at the end of the year when Tredavious White is back, it's going to be fun. But I think, you know, going into this game, they might let up 34 points. So that's my thoughts. Hardest six games or seven games are probably – Trey White's probably going to miss them all. Um, Yeah. You know, they, they, we're not, obviously we're not sure he has to spend at least four weeks on the pup. And then there's speculation that they won't bring him back till after the week seven bye. but obviously the bills aren't going to tell us that, um, you know, but, but they've never been a team to rush players back. You know, they look at it as, you know, we need him to get healthy, obviously for the playoffs and, and then for future years. I mean, it's not just about this year. You, you want him for another five or six years, whatever it is that, that, so they're not going to rush him back for that. And, yeah, one thing I am interested in is I don't think the Bills want to run more, but they certainly want to run more efficiently. And so that'll be interesting to me because I th- still think Singletary is like the primary guy. Um, Cook, they almost, they almost view Cook sometimes as like a slot receiver, do some interesting stuff with him. So I'll be interested to see how this offensive line does against what you've already said is – a very good defensive front, you know, for the Rams. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Aaron Donald is here, here or there as a run defender, hmm. <laughs> according to ESPN. I know where you're. Yeah, I knew where you were taking but, that uh, from, dear lord. But you know, so that's going to be interesting because, like I said, I don't think they they want to suddenly become fifty fifty, um, but they certainly want to be more efficient. And, and you know, for whatever reason, Brian Dable wanted to be zone blocking and man blocking and they were kind of terrible at both. Um, so now they've just kind of settled on zone blocking. So we'll see what happens with that, but that's going to be something else that I'm going to, you know, be interested in, in certainly during the game. And as the season progresses, you know, as well. And, you know, people always say, well, you know, they have to stop calling runs for Josh Allen. Well, you know, I think PFF said that he only ran, they only did 79. I think it was 79 called runs for which is pretty low for him um so you know hopefully zach moss can take some of that short yard stuff off of him too and you know we'll see with him him being healthy but yeah i would say that the offensive line obviously same thing with the bills i mean you got some definite known quantities um you know and then saffold's coming off a rib injury from a, a car accident uh you, you know and which no one even knew about and then you know ryan bates Went in there last year and and it looked like Anthony Munoz or something there for a little while. So we'll, <laughs> so we'll see we'll see if if that that uh, maintains. But that's I think that's an underrated part of the game for the Bills too is is that running game. Yeah, I, I think so too um, because they're so diversified. You talk about you know Moss is more of that I'm going to punch you in the mouth type of runner. Whereas it's like they call him motor, but he obviously ran like a four six. Like he's not like super, super fast, but 
motor singletary right you know, he's yeah he's I, don't, I don't know why they... like he he's slippery in space you know he has those elements yeah. to his game and then you have the explosion and just the straight line athleticism that you get out of james cook so i think that's a very diversified backfield and i forget who the other guy i think it's taiwan jones if I'm yeah not he's figured. like the special teams guy yeah, so like you know, I just figured I'd give him a mention because he's in the running back <laughs> well, room. I'm but... sure he appreciates it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it'll be interesting on the other side with the Rams because that's actually something I felt like they kind of lacked is you know diversity in the running back room. Right. Um, you know, you talk about you know Daryl Henderson, who I think is their best rusher. He's the most efficient on their team, best pass protector. You know, really good pass catcher out of the backfield. Saved their Super Bowl. I mean, he had four catches for forty plus yards when cam Akers wasn't doing anything uh now albeit he came off of a torn achilles I- i've never seen anything like it um so we'll see what ends up happening with him because you know we saw marlon mack coming off his torn achilles and i mean i'm sorry he, he looks like he's gone like he- he's not the same running back it's really unfortunate so you know you have those two and then you have kyron williams who's very exciting um you know my co-host alexis obviously loves him uh, being as she's a Notre Dame fan and she's been a fan of his for so long, but, uh, but I've been a big fan of Kyron and, you know, I just, I watched the tape and I'm like, I don't know why. And, and great, maybe, great, maybe you differed, like but pass you know, yeah, I just, I, I had him in the top five uh, at the <laughs> running back spot. I think he just, he brought so much to the table, you know, maybe he wasn't as sexy as a, you know, a Damian Pierce or somebody like that, but right. I preferred him more because he did all the little things extremely well and, you know, this is somebody that he took all the first team reps when those two were out against uh, the Bengals in that joint practice. And it was enough for the Rams to be like, all right, we're not going to play you at all in preseason. That was so telling to me uh, to let me know that, look, this is a true running back by committee, just like the Bills. Um, right. You know, I, I don't think, you know, for people drafting Cam Akers in like the second round, I don't know <laughs> what they're doing. Uh, I've, I've said over and over again, like, you know, Daryl Henderson running back 61, you are out of your mind, um, you know, but I think all three of those guys are going to be splitting time. And it, it is uh, it's incredibly intriguing because there are two guys that can pass protect. There's one guy that can't um, all three of them can, you know, catch because, you know, Kyron Williams is a former receiver coming out of uh, high school. So, you know, he has that background. Um. And then all of them have like a little bit of like, you know, obviously they can break tackles and they have like a shiftiness to them. Now is Kyron like the fastest running back? No, he's not. But I think his 40 time is very much overblown. I don't think that's what he is. Um, Because if he, if that was what he was, then, you know, how was he able to run past the entire UNC defense? on that one run where he went all right. the way to the left side. I just, you know, it just doesn't seem logical unless everybody else was trying to make it look cool. And all right, we're right behind him. But like, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, what were they in cahoots? I mean, I, I don't see how that would have worked. So, right. um, but ultimately I'll tell you this right now, Charlie, I think the, the biggest reason why I am so high on the Rams this year, um, as opposed to last year, why I think they're a better team is their two additions. They go out and they get, you know, Bobby Wagner, like I said, and they went out and they got Allen Robinson. And I think Robinson is going to lead the league in receiving. I really believe that because I think teams are going to be so infatuated with Cooper cup. And I mean, they should be, I just put out a tweet. He's top five. I forget what it was, but he's like top five all time in uh, 16 
uh, you know, 16 game, like average per 16 game average uh, in, I think it's touchdowns and rece- oh, no, it's receptions and receiving yards, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, so cup's been doing this for a while. He, he didn't have the, you know, the MVP caliber seasons every year, but he's right. been doing this stuff for a while. And I think now with that season, the Super Bowl MVP, like teams are going to be sitting there. Like if we don't double team this guy, like when we lose, we're not going to be able to live with ourselves. <laughs> so they're going to double team him. They're not going to double team. The guy that just had 412 receiving yards. I can assure you. And right. I think Allen Robinson's going to reap the rewards. And for anybody that thinks that they're going to make adjustments throughout the season and well, Jake, how could Allen Robinson lead the league in receiving? Won't they eventually just pivot to him? No, because then you pivot to him and now cup's going to go off. And right. the, an, another thing that is so crucial about Allen Robinson is no matter if you're talking about big game, Torrey hold Isaac Bruce, you're talking about anybody the, the last 20 years or, or more, uh, maybe ever the Rams have never had a receiver like Allen Robinson. They just haven't. They have never had a guy that would go up and play the ball like Megatron would. He's got right. such a great catch radius. He's got such a great understanding of leverage, wherewithal where he is in you know accordance to the you know the boundary and you know the the blade of grass i mean he always does such a great job with his body control staying in bounds and calming down with the catch and and boxing out defenders as if he was a power forward slash center in the nba going for a rebound like he plays above the rim i've said that so many times i think people are tired of it but he really does (laughs) and and that's something the rams haven't had i mean if you want a good example, the Rams thought they had a big bodied, uh, you know, deep threat, like a, a, a jump ball guy when they had Josh Reynolds. I mean, come right. on now. Josh Reynolds did that in college. It's a lot different in college. You have to translate that to the NFL. Oh, and, yeah. You know, the game's faster. You have to get the timing down. I just think like what Allen Robinson has done throughout his career, he had 1,400 yards with Blake Bortles. Like, why can he not get <laughs> right. 1,600 with Matthew Stafford? Oh, absolutely, and, and I think it's it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I know the Bills play a lot of zone. They play a lot of cover three, but I think we're going to get, you know, uh, Kyder Elam, Allen Robinson matchup. I, I, w- I would assume, um, you know, at least a little bit, so that'll be interesting to me because Elam's, Elam's, you know, as as corners go, he's, he's you know, 6'1", whatever, so that, that'll be interesting. Definitely, I think at this stage in his career is is more comfortable playing man than he's playing zone. So we'll see. And, I, and I'm assuming the Bills are obviously going to roll some safeties <laughs> Cooper Cup's way. <laughs> so Kyrie Elam will get a uh, potential to get a, a quick uh, learning curve curve there. So, um, so you already gave a prediction, and I haven't really thought about my prediction at all. But but I'll, I'll give a prediction just off the top of my head here. Um, it's weird because, like you said, I think two of the best three or four offenses and two of what we assume is the best four or five defenses. So it's kind of weird for me to pick, like, this crazy, you know, high-scoring game. But you almost have to. So I'll say, uh, I don't know, I'll say 34-31 Bills. But like I said, if they lose, it wouldn't be a surprise to me. You know, I you know. It's funny that These was literally games, my uh, my score before I switched it to the ten point game. <laughs> and I I have one question for you before we go that has nothing to do with AFC, has nothing to do with the Rams. Uh, I do some writing for Nuts and Bolts Sports, love them, and Vikings guy. 
over there. Steve Rogers. And I was watching, I caught a quick 30, 40 seconds of your of your season preview, and I saw those cross Vikings. I'm like, the Vikings. I'm like, I don't have the Vikings even making the playoffs. And and so Steve always gets mad at me because I'm telling him, you know, how much whatever, like Questy's gonna get fired. And the Wilfs don't know what they're doing. So give me your take on the Vikings. Yeah, so um, hopefully he saw that and he got excited. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the Vikings, I really think it's all been about Mike Zimmer. Uh, I just don't think he's been a good head coach. Um, I think his defense has been overrated. And so now you get him out of there. You have a good-looking group. Uh, I really like what they did out of Louis Cine. Really like his ability uh, Andrew Booth, that excites me. I'm not the biggest fan of Patrick Peterson at this point in his career, but I think he's, you know, solid. But I think really the big thing for the Vikings is going to be their offense. Their defense is good enough to win games that their offense scores 25 a game, right? Um, I think this is going to be one of the best offenses in all football because you're putting Kirk Cousins, who has had, if I'm not mistaken, he's, I, he, I yeah, he's had a, triple digit passer rating three straight years in a row. Um, He's been unbelievable. And it's like, people don't want to give him his credit because, you know, he doesn't play well on primetime games or whatever, which whatever Uh, last year, I believe it was 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. And this year, you know, he's going to be pretty much back at home in his Washington style offense that Sean McVay ran that got him right. really on the map. Um, Kevin O'Connell is going to be able to inject all of what he's learned in the Sean McVay uh, scheme. And on top of that, you know, I think. I think I lost you. Sorry. You all good, everybody. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> I kicked myself out of the broadcast. My apologies. I was like, damn, dude. Like you really couldn't take uh, the the <laughs> yeah. knowledge there. You're that like, Vikings oh crap! I, I had to get oh. out of here. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. So so really, I think it really stems with the fact that the offensive the, the offense is going to be really good. The offensive line they've built for the draft, and I really like. Um, I really liked Alvin Cook. I really like Alexander Madison. I like Kenne and Wong Wu. However, the hell you say his name, I like Ty Chandler. I think that's it. Um. <laughs> You know, I, I really like that running back room. And then on top of that, I mean, Thielen has been a baller, you know, yeah, like oh, Justin Jefferson is probably going to win offense player of the year, I think this year. But Thielen has been an absolute baller, and I think it's going to make him better on top of that. Then you look at KJ Osborne and his emergence. If you want to look at his emergence further, just look at the fact they got rid of Amir Smith-Marset. And that was a mid-round pick that they just got rid of because KJ is just really blown up. And then they go out and they get Jalen Rager, who I'll say it over and over again. The Eagles were really done with him after a year. They were not going to give him a chance. They they were not going to give him a chance. And they didn't use him correctly. And they just fell in love with Quest Watkins. And I have no issue with it because I think the Eagles are going to be really good this year. Um, You know, I really like Irv Smith. Uh, You know, I just... Ultimately, I came to the conclusion where I'm picking all the games. I'm going through each one. And I just kept looking at these games. I'm like, I can't see the Vikings losing this. I can't see the Vikings losing this game either. I can't see them losing this game. (laughs) Wow. I literally can't see the Vikings losing many games this year. And then all of a sudden I came away and the 
they're you know 13 and four or whatever i had them at uh, i think that 13 and four so yeah i have them playing the rams in the fc title game just like i said earlier i had the the ravens playing the bills in the fc the afc title game and i think it's gonna be those four teams they'll be the final four the elite four and uh, we'll see what happens but i have the rams bills and i have the rams winning back-to-back super bowls and you know, confirming that they are the next dynasty that we have uh, seen since uh, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, I haven't actually, I probably should. I haven't done a full uh, season schedule prediction yet. I probably will on playoff predictors. But yeah, I, I have the Bills going to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not going to pick them to win regardless of who happens to get there because, you know, <laughs> they they just haven't yet. And, you know, I don't want to whatever. So so if, if they get to the Super Bowl, and they lose to the Rams, not ideal. However, getting <laughs> the Super Bowl, you know, getting the Super Bowl is is a great thing, and and I'm sure there'll there'll be a few a few Bills losing Super Bowl jokes on Twitter, but we'll we'll wade through those if we have to. Oh yeah, that 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 would <laughs> that'd be rough. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that that'd would be, be that'd be a little tough. <laughs> the mafia would uh would not be thrilled with, Yikes. with Twitter <laughs> at that at that point. Um, oh lord well jake i appreciate you coming on with me appreciate and, you having and doing me. the show um you can find jake at jk bogan on twitter check out his youtube channel lots of great stuff going on there i appreciate you listening or watching to this uh please check out our stuff you can check out me on twitter at ttp underscore charlie check out the youtube channel um Football season is obviously, uh, I don't think it's around the corner. It's its right here in front of us. We will be doing player grades for hopefully the whole league. We'll see how it goes. Uh, a lot of draft stuff coming for you, too. So, once again, we thank you. We thank Jake. And we... <laughs>